It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, March 6th. LA Galaxy 3-1 losers to FC Dallas in the season opener. Haven't done that for a while. What's that, you ask? Lose the season opener. Talk about that a little bit. Going to talk about the Dallas game. Obviously, that's the focus for today. And all the changes that seem to be on the horizon for the LA Galaxy and certainly necessary after the first game. Could have been by a lot more. Maybe the Galaxy could have scored an additional goal in there as well. They didn't look like they earned it. They deserved it. Uh, Normally at this point, I would be introducing the panda himself, but the man has been a little slippery as of late. Uh, Kevin off on a little R&R. So he'll be back and hopefully we'll have him back next week. Uh, He did watch the game and he and I had a little talk about it. So not a problem. You're stuck with me again, though, by the way. I know that that's not necessarily something you guys all like to do. Somebody actually commented after our last uh, solo one. Uh, that we did on Thursday, and they said, I think, you know, I like the solo ones. But no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't You don't want that. You don't want that. It's it's much better whenever there's other people here talking. Uh, as Thursday, I think Sophie is going to be on th- for Thursday. So we will get you ready for Sporting Kansas City um, and that game going on. So here you go. I mean, you know, hey, wait wait an extra week. Sit around for an extra week. You know, the, the good news is the Galaxy climbed up the standings um, whenever they didn't play. So now that they played, obviously, back, uh, back down. And a 3-1 loss to FC Dallas. Uh, three unanswered goals. Almost, you could say, almost three goals in the second half, except they scored just before halftime, and we always know how much fun that is whenever it talks about momentum and everything else. Kind of funny. Definitely a tale two halves, but yes yes and no, not really. We can we can talk about all that, but I hope everybody's doing good. I would like to alert you to the fact that I am currently uh, parenting <laughs> parenting solo right now, so uh, should my <laughs> my three-year-old make his way into the room here, we'll have an extra extra guest I guess that's how we get a guest host now. <sighs> All right. Let's talk about this game. Uh, it, you know, probably the nicest weather you're ever going to have in Dallas. Uh, I know the team was landing sort of in uh, in, in tornado-like conditions, and Hammer was, uh, ha- you know, battening down the hatches. And he's fine, by the way. He checked in. Everything's good. I know, I'm sure you probably saw him. Uh, he was at the game on Saturday. Uh, poor Hammer keeps going. I mean, the Galaxy can't ha- haven't beat Dallas, I think, in in seven straight net chances now in uh, in Dallas. So not exactly the best record for FC Dallas um, playing against FC Dallas in Dallas. And usually it's weather related. Usually there's wacky things that happen. I'll tell you, this is the most normal Dallas game. I think the Galaxy have played in a very, very long time. Um, let's get to the lineups. I, I guess it's as expected. Um, and this lineup, uh, of course, is going to show you as a 4-5-1. It was a 4-2-3-1, which we know and, and sort of pay attention to. Jonathan Bond is the starting goalkeeper. Kelvin Lairdam, obviously. What we didn't know is who the pairings would be. Uh, <coughs> you had uh, Martin uh, Caceres and, and Chris Mavinga, who were paired with the center backs, and then Raheem Edwards, which you kind of figured on the outside. No Gasper. Don't know what. He was not listed on the bench. Uh, no Sega Koulibaly. Alex Ruiz. Uh, Alex actually said that, uh, according to some of his sources, that Sega was in France taking care of some things. Sounded like a personal issue. Haven't haven't got to address that with Greg Vanny. I'll, I'll tell you also, the post game was very abbreviated. Uh, I think they're going to be more abbreviated just because of what Apple is trying to do in terms of getting the coaches 
um, in there so that way they can have the coaches and you can see that and then trying to get players in afterwards. I mean, the Galaxy were literally like setting up in one spot and then they had to move and set up in another spot. So everything was very abbreviated. I think I got two questions with Greg. I think Alex got a couple questions with Greg and that was about it. So like we didn't get to the to the real fine details of what was up with gas for a while. There was no Sega, you know, it was mostly about the game and, and sort of looking at that stuff. So expect that a little bit especially on the road that the the galaxy are going to be a little more abbreviated in their post games at least that's how it feels to me right now um and it's just something we have to deal with uh maybe i'll have to ask seven or eight questions um and we'll see if that happens uh let's see andrew by the way hey andrew good to see you buddy uh five dollar super chat i know overreacting is ingrained in the galaxy fandom but this is early sloppy mls long season ahead let's not lose it before the season starts I tend to agree. I mean, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. Listen, changes are coming to the LA Galaxy. If you are upset about this lineup, you you really just need to wait a couple weeks and it's going to change, um, especially whenever we look at back lines and everything else like that, right? So anyway, uh, we go all the way through the back line there. The midfield was, I guess, as expected as well with Efrain Alvarez out on the right wing, uh, Gaston Brugman, uh, Ricky Pouge, Mark Delgado sort of tucked inside and then Memo Rodriguez on the outside. Here's the thing. No wingers, zero wingers, five players, one, two, three, four, five. Zero wingers, zero width for most of the game. The only width the LA Galaxy got was out of Edwards and Leardam, and Leardam tried not to go forward very much. When he did, they scored, but if you watch that play and go back to it, they overcommitted heavily. They overcommitted, which would have left themselves open for a counterattack should that, should that goal have not gone in. It did go in. But this is what the Galaxy were trying to do. They were overloading so much on that forward side because they didn't have any width. And so the only way to create width was through Edwards, was through Leardam. And you didn't see Tyler Boyd come on until about the 70th minute. He's still working his way back into fitness. I would have thought we would have seen him sooner than that. Uh, Dayan Jovalich up top. That was uh, that was your your lineup there. Um, I'll tell you this. Jovalich was MIA for most of that game. Probably not his fault. Galaxy weren't getting around the edges to find him. And when they did, they scored. Uh, Jovalich probably missed that shot almost completely. Uh, it was it was a good move in terms of finding overloads. But the fact that Galaxy had to send so many players forward because you have guys like Efrain Alvarez who cuts inside and who was dangerous in the first half was dangerous also in giving balls away for most of the game as well, but was dangerous in the first half um, and was able to find and cut in and find pockets. You know, whenever Pooj is pushing and Pooj is moving around, people are going to follow him. That does allow uh, Alvarez to sort of cut back against that grain, find that secondary level right behind Pooj or right in front of Pooj, that type of thing with space to play. So you saw some of that creativity in there. Uh, you saw some of the give and goes with Pooj, with Brugman, with Alvarez, right? But on the goal itself, it's Edwards streaking up the left-hand side. Now, Edwards was the width on the left-hand side, and we're used to Edwards being the width on the left-hand side, right? So a lot of times it was Sam Grancier who would cut inside and do different things, but he could also get to the line. So you had some versatility there. Memo Rodriguez didn't have that. He would grab it. He would cut inside. Thought Memo, despite having a very good preseason, was a little MIA in this one as well. Um, we talk about Jovalich being MIA. I thought I thought that um, that Memo Rodriguez was was MIA in a lot of this. Um, I don't think he found a good, comfortable spot to play. Uh, and then you look at his other part counterpart with, with Alvarez, and Alvarez had more of the ball, gave up more of the ball, and you didn't get a ton of production out of him. But overall, it's a width issue for me. It's a width and speed issue. Edwards on the goal goes up the left-hand side, is able to cut the ball back into Alvarez. Alvarez was able to flood, sort of uh, touch a nice, really nice touch pass, by the way, down towards the touchline to Leardam. Leardam hooks that ball in. Dangerous ball. Jovulich is in the right place at the right time, at least there. Um, he's on the front post. He's making that run. He hits it. Again, I'm still not sure it's actually going on goal, but I don't know that they have a definitive angle to show you that it wasn't going on goal. So they're going to give him the goal, and it bounces off the goalkeeper's back and basically goes in, right? Um, it was just, it was too compact for me. Again, we'll go back to the, to the, to the, to the lineup. Just so you can see it. They have it in a four five one. And I said, that's not accurate because it should really be a four, two, three, one, but this is how they played. I mean, just pile all those guys into the middle and clog it up. And that's what you had for the LA galaxy. It was, uh, not quick through the middle. They played a lot of passing through the middle as you would with Ricky Pooj, but Ricky was trying to dart out, find some space pass the ball, create some shots. The Galaxy did a good job in the middle part of the first half of stymieing Dallas. They were collapsing on it, and Dallas apparently was like, hey, I guess we'll try to attack through the middle as well. You want to watch the biggest sort of adjustment that Dallas makes in that second half is to get wide. 
to force the LA Galaxy to defend wide. Because what happens whenever you defend wide? You bring Kelvin Leardam into the play. You bring Raheem Edwards into the play. And with the Galaxy overcommitting numbers into the center, they weren't out wide to be able to start that that counter or to stop that counterattack. You saw Brugman chasing people through the middle of the field. Just total disconnect. Um, and yes, a lot of that is going to fall on the on the shoulders of the defense as well, right? Um, Matthew, by the way, uh, $2 super chat. Get your super chats in, by the way. We are, we are wide open in terms of things you want to talk about, but let's talk about this game right now. Get your super chat. Tell me your opinion. Who was the best player on the field for the LA Galaxy with a super chat? Who was the worst player on the field with your super chat? Let's see if everybody agrees. But Matthew gives us a, a $2 super chat. says, super slow, predictable, was dying to see what everybody was. I mean, good Lord. You, but you knew that, right? I mean, Andrew... In his super chat basically says overreacting is ingrained, but you know, it's a long season ahead. Let's not lose it before the season starts. He's he's a hundred percent correct, but let's talk about some of the changes that we should see to just this lineup. Uh, Dayon Jovalich, MIA in a starting position. No surprise. I thought Preston Judd, whenever he came in was way more dangerous than Dayon Jovalich. Uh, so you're going to get Chicharito back hopefully eventually. And if not, then that's a huge problem. The galaxy are going to have to try to deal with, and they probably don't have an answer for that. Right. Um, Memo Rodriguez probably isn't a starter. You're probably looking for still a starting winger. Haven't heard the rumors about that one. Efrain Alvarez probably isn't your starter. Tyler Boyd is probably a starter at some point as well. Right. So Memo Rodriguez and Efrain Alvarez are probably more depth pieces. Now we're talking about a left back rumor. So that means Raheem Edwards is now a depth piece to a left winger more than maybe he is to a left back. Right. And so you have a new starting left back. You're going to put it. You have Lucas Caligari on the right hand side for Calvin Leardam. Right. You had Jalen Neal come into this game. Jalen Neal looked better than most of the defenders that were on there as well. So Caceres and Mavinga. So I could literally see that Edwards isn't playing left back anymore. I could see right back is Lucas Caligari and Leardam is depth there. Right. You could see maybe a Mavinga, maybe a Sega, maybe a Caceres and maybe a Jalen Neal. You could literally have four new defenders back there. Because this defense, Mavinga and Casares especially, looked like they hadn't played together all preseason. Guess what? They hadn't played together all preseason. They may have played a little bit um, in in sparse games. In fact, I asked Jonathan Bond after the game. I said, you know, it seems like the back line had, didn't get a lot of time in preseason. Does it still feel like it's not? And, you know, he tried to say that that's not an excuse. We have to be able to play better, you know, that type of thing. But you could see it. I'm sure. I'm sure the easiest, easiest thing for fans to see on the night was the disconnect on defense, right? Whether it was Costaris diving forward and creating, you know, a, a dangerous chance that Mavinga had to try to take care of, or it was Mavinga getting sort of uh, letting uh, Jesus Ferrer run on the back of his uh, shoulder and scoring, I think, the third goal. Um, that's that's Costaris not not communicating. You can't blame a defender sometimes for guys who are going to hit that angled run and coming behind you. You need to have your other center back talking to you, right? And that didn't happen here, okay? That's what we didn't see. Uh, there was no communication. It was Edwards getting caught up the field. Oh, story of the year. Um, if you watched any of the preseason, if you heard any of the preseason and we talked about it, you knew that Raheem Edwards was a problem. We talked about it in, in some of the games that we saw him play in, Right. More like, you know, Edwards has been a problem. Guess what? Greg Vanny says that Edwards has been a problem. Uh, I asked Greg about uh, Raheem after the game, and I said, you know, it seems that Raheem has not had a great preseason, and now that form seems to have followed him into this season. And I said, you know, do you think that's even a fair criticism? And he goes, yeah, I do. Um, which, hey, sometimes I don't see things correctly. I would gladly tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong, though, right? But but Greg agreed with me. He said, yeah, he goes, you know Raheem has to do better there. Um, so... When you're looking at changes to this LA Galaxy lineup, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, possibly in a seventh up top just from this lineup. Right. You can basically change everybody on here and maybe you could even change Jonathan Bond. I didn't think he had a great night, but he also did have one really excellent save four minutes into the game uh, that could have been nasty. The one that uh, he got his fingertips to and it, it went off the, the post. Um, but overall, I mean, they're just letting guys walk into the box. It's really hard to defend against guys who are just being walked into the box all night. Um, you know, he, he also got way out of position a couple times. So, you know, you want to change Jonathan Bond for Jonathan Glinsman? Sure. Go ahead make that another one. Right. So what that's how many, how many changes do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six. We could have seven, eight changes in a lineup that holds 11. All right. And having said that, I don't think the galaxy are that far away from being comfortable, but they have to get a center back line. They have to get a defensive line that starts playing together. 
Okay, because we've seen too many changes. And quite honestly, you know, you can fault. I, I, I will fault Vanny for this in the, in the preseason. We didn't see a consistent lineup going out there. Game, game, game. You have guys who are coming in. You had Mavinga, who's new, right? Um, the other guys have all been here. So you should only be adding one guy. And that's probably why Vanny really went with Mavinga in this particular case, because you're saying, okay, he's the only new guy on this back line. Having said that, uh, Leardam hadn't played a lot of minutes there. Right. So he's basically a new guy out there on the right hand side, too. Um, Costaros didn't have a great night. Edwards has sort of a typical Edwards showing, which is get pulled out going forward, get caught coming back. Um, you know, Leardam, like I said, was sort of, I think, afraid to come forward because he knows he doesn't have the speed of Julian Rajo. And the thing is, you, you want to know, I think I think Julian Rajo makes a huge difference in this game. I really do. Just in terms of watching, you know, offside runs and, and things like that. I think obviously Julian Rajo is 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 a better defender than I think Kelvin Leardam is. Right. So now it's up to Lucas Caligari who comes in. That's the answer at right back right now. We don't know how he fits in. Don't know when he's going to be here. But that's your right back answer. Raheem Edwards. He looks like he could be under fire here. Uh, with no Chase Gasper on the list as well. That's an interesting one. So the Galaxy basically had one left back. Uh, they had Raheem Edwards, and he got the left back start. So we'll see if they add to the, to the depth there. It seems they do. The only thing that I don't have an answer for is there should be another starting winger. And we've seen, what have we seen rumors for that? I haven't seen rumors for that, right? So if I'm Greg Vanny, I spend a lot of time with the defense. If it's the same four guys and you want to stick with these same four guys, then I put these same four guys in training next to each other for every single drill. They do not leave each other's side for the entire week because they looked disconnected. They looked un, they did not move as a unit. Right. And you could see that it was individual moves, not, not pressing together. Um, and that's probably your biggest issue. Yes. You can talk about Brugman getting too far forward. Brugman giving up the ball in the center after the galaxy go down, go down to one. It's in their DNA to overcommit, overpress to try to get that ball back. Right. We know that that's, that's a hundred percent them. So, um, you know, you look at sort of the, the 3-1 scoreline. It's like I, I'm sort of in the camp that you can't I don't care about how many you lose by. You have to try to get goals. Right. So at 2-1, you had to try to tie that game, even if that means overcommitting and taking chances you're going to. And that's the LA Galaxy's MO. That's in their DNA. That's what Greg Vanny wants from them. All right. I mean, Jonathan Bond said something really interesting. You can hit your head against the table whenever he says it. And I understand where he's coming from. I understand the confidence that Greg has instilled in these guys to be able to play their game. But basically, Jonathan Bond said, you know, I, I forget if he was answering Alex's question or my question, um, but he said, you know, we saw what Minnesota did to come in here and get a result against Dallas, right? And if you didn't watch that game or you didn't know, Minnesota bunkered, just sat back. They said, here, Dallas, take the ball. You know why? Because Dallas is a dangerous counterattacking team. So sometimes if you give them the ball, they're not as good at creating chances. Okay. Galaxy are a better counterattacking team. You can they anybody can argue, but they are usually a better counterattacking team than they are a possession based team. Um, don't tell Greg that he would he would disagree. But Jonathan Bond basically said we saw how Minnesota came in here, we saw how they bunkered, and we said that's not how we want to play. We want to play our way, right? And that's the possession based game that Greg Vanny has. But the difference is. Minnesota didn't allow, I think, a shot on goal from FC Dallas for the game. Uh, and they won, I think, won nothing. And the LA Galaxy played it their way and lost three to one after being up by the first goal, by the way, one nothing. And then allowing three unanswered goals. Had some chances. Uh, if you look at XG and everything, it'll actually tell you the LA Galaxy fared f rather well in terms of, um, you know, expected goals. And that's good. I think the offense generation was there, but it's a lot of, li of Ricky Pooh shooting from outside. Right. And if you keep adding those up, eventually those add up to uh, to some chances. You know, I like the Raheem Edwards shot that came off the left hand side. That was sort of one of those high angle, um, you know, break ins in that in that second half. So I like that. But the Galaxy got run off the field in the second half. Dallas said, hey, stop trying to play through the middle. Play out wide. The Galaxy committed. Bye bye. Have a nice day. Uh, the counterattack. Right. Greg will preach transitions. And we will tell you the Galaxy are bad at transition defense because they commit so many numbers forward and it's about picking times. And I'm sure that Greg will tell you that the Galaxy don't do a good job of picking those times, right? When to go forward. 
And I think he's right. I think there's an intelligence that comes from that. And I don't think the Galaxy have earned that intelligence yet. Having said, I didn't think this was a horrible game. It was just a game that they got outplayed in. Right. And whenever I mentioned that there's probably, you know, at least four to five changes coming to this starting lineup, I think you can understand that, you know, in six weeks and 10 weeks, you're going to be looking at a different LA Galaxy team. And I don't know how that team plays. I can't answer that question. I think I have a chance to be very good. Um, the Galaxy really did for the for the part where they were in charge. Right. In that first half, I thought they were very good. They locked Dallas down. Dallas didn't get a lot of the ball. Galaxy played a lot of the ball. Um, they created chances. They scored on one. They didn't overcommit. They were patient. Um, but they also came out with, I think, a little more fire in their belly just because they hadn't played. Right. And then all of a sudden, the reality sort of hit. Uh, absolutely a different game that it's so, so important. And you don't want to lay this at Raheem Edwards, but it, it's his fault. Um, you can't let them. You can't let Dallas score that goal right before the half. Cannot. And on a lazy floated ball, it's just a floated ball to a to a spot, right? They're just trying to get Areola to run underneath it. And Raheem doesn't put his body in the proper position there. He needs to get his body in between the ball and the player. Instead, he tries to he gets pushed outside of the ball and then tries to basically jump back over top of Areola. And Areola did a great job of centering that ball. And the Galaxy defense is scrambling. I mean, Leardam is late to get back on that, too. He didn't think that that ball was going to be dangerous either. I didn't think it was it was a, a lobbed little ball into that half right so that killed the other guy and, and greg i mean it's overstated greg has told it and he's you know goals change games it, yeah i mean I, there should be a t-shirt that says goals change games and underneath it should say duh but it is the absolute truth in that particular case the the fc dallas team that was not didn't have much to show was just lobbing long balls was trying to be direct was trying to use their speed sort of got in a not even a half decent position. They got in an okay position and somehow created the goal out of it. They manufactured something that shouldn't have been there and the half should have been the galaxy should have gone in one nothing. That game is way different if it goes in one nothing. I don't know if the galaxy win the game because watching them in the second half and watching what Dallas's adjustments were um you know clearly the galaxy didn't have an answer for that. You could see uh, need to see Tyler Boyd earlier, though. It, you know, you get some width in there and you get some openness on that outside. And I think Tyler Boyd can be a much better player than anything you're going to get from Efrain Alvarez or Memo Rodriguez. Just the fact that he's an actual winger, the fact that he can run in behind, but you wait until you're already down. And now his sort of in behind runs or his singular in behind runs aren't dangerous anymore. Right. Preston Judd came on, though, and was immediately dangerous, got in behind and maybe should have had a goal. Uh, really close. Uh, some some good stuff. You know, I'll I'll jump on that press and Judd bat, bat, bandwagon anytime. All right, anytime. Um, so you know, I like that. I think Jalen Neal should be starting. Let's start Jalen Neal. I don't think you have anything to lose, and I think it only helps because that kid is calm as what is what is calm. Like I'm always bad at these. Calm as ice is ice calm. It doesn't feel calm. Um. But yeah, I mean, that would be one of those things I would I would consider is is starting Jalen Neal from here on out. OK, so it's just those types of things. You know, I went through and looked and, and gave my like quick opinions. I watched some replays and did all this stuff and I watched that whole game. Um, Galaxy showed they hadn't played a competitive match clear, clear as day in that second half that they were like, oh, man, this is this is a real game. This isn't a preseason game. We have to put 90 minutes together and they didn't. Uh, they showed the back line hasn't played together. Didn't look like it. They also showed they need wingers hundred percent and they need more speed on defense. I think Caligari is a great start to that. I think it's really going to help. Um, so for me looking at this game, I sit there and say, okay, there were, there were some little individual things that I think, I mean, Ricky was very much involved in a lot of this. I didn't think Dallas was able to out physical him in the center. And I think that's one of those things everybody uh, would, would sort of say is, um, you know, is, is something that, that you, you want to see from him. You want to see him involved and you want to see him not getting physical out of games, not getting tackled too hard. He was able to avoid that, um, and stay away from that. And that's good. And I thought that he was pulling the strings from the right positions. I thought he was peeling out into the right spots. Uh, Ricky was fine. Gaston was fine up until the point where he gave the ball in the middle of the field away. I don't know if that was third goal or second goal. It might've been third goal. Um, and at that point, I don't know that I really care. The game is out of reach of its third goal. Um, so, you know, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought Delgado was Delgado's being put in weird spots because the galaxy have no width. So Delgado was trying to find width. Pujer's trying to find width and peeling off into places. 
Um, I don't like either of that, and I think it overcommits. So Vinny has a lot of stuff to fix. A lot of a lot of stuff to fix. Uh, I think some of that is player personnel. I don't think this Galaxy roster, and we said this, by the way, to the LAFC, when they were getting ready to play LFC, this, this roster was not ready to play LAFC. Right, And that was on the Galaxy, and that's on Vanny, and it's on everything that they're supposed to be doing, and it's the fact that they don't have a summer transfer window because if they had a summer transfer window, I guarantee you'd probably have one or two more guys already in camp because they're like, we can fix this in summer if we don't get it right. All right, I think they've made some smart plays on some of this. We're going to talk about the left-back rumor coming up, but I think they've made some smart plays. I just, I'm waiting to see. I need to see more. Um, Dallas absolutely should have had a red card in that game as well. That was Obreon. Uh, and his challenge on Daniel Aguirre, I asked Greg Berhalter if he thought that was a red. He was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it was Tim Ford who was the referee. I don't know how you like and VAR. Somebody needs to remove their head from their behind on this stuff. Um, so obviously a red card in any league of the world, right? It's not even like, oh, MLS is soft. No, in any league in the world, a boot that high that catches somebody in the head, right? I mean, listen. Daniel Aguirre got up and walked away from it. And if you're going to put the result of these things as the, the, the decider on whether or not something's a red or a yellow card, then you've lost the plot as well. Extremely dangerous position. Endangered the safety of a player. It's a red card. I don't care if Aguirre's head came down three inches from where it normally is. It's a red card. All right. And everybody knows it's a red card. All right. And the only person who didn't know it was a red card was Tim Ford and the VAR official could have bailed him out. Does that change the game? No, it doesn't. Not in this particular case. But MLS has already started with their heads buried in the sand on stuff. It's like, get with it. You guys say you're supposed to protect the players and you don't. Um, I also thought the management of the extra time was atrocious as well. You have an injury that's for three or four minutes in the extra time period and you don't pay, play anymore. Again, the Galaxy weren't going to win, but either we're playing all this extra time because they add seven minutes on to the end of games. Either we're playing that or we're not playing that. You have to decide which it is. It can't be, oh, well, I feel like the Galaxy aren't going to win this game, so I'll just pull three minutes out of this. No, you play it all, right? And the fact that Ford couldn't be bothered to issue a red card and VAR didn't save him, right, is, is, a, is, a, tra is a travesty. If any Galaxy player would have done what Obreon did, I would have told, told you the same thing. It's a red card. And I would have been like, oh, on the as soon as it happened on Twitter, oh, red card, he's done. See you later. Have a nice day. Yep. Ricky Pouge just stuck his foot up into Obreon's head. Guy, see you later. See you, Ricky. See you in two games. They're going to add on an extra one. All right. There is just at sometimes a total lack of understanding about what they're trying to do. And I think a lot of times that's difficult on the referees because they have all these people telling them how they're supposed to be officiating games. But that's what the head of officiating is supposed to cut through is say, this is your focus on this game. Call it right. All right. We're playing the entire extra time. If there's three minutes and there's down, this is how we're playing. it, Right. And, and Ford looked like he was a deer caught in headlights out there. Like, oh, was I supposed to issue a red card? You know, and VAR sitting there falling asleep. Do they not have a good angle? We saw it seven times on a replay. By the way, Apple needs to get better on replays. I'm going to say it right now. <clears throat> All right. So it's a red card. It's absolutely a red card. It's always a red card. Does that change the game? No. Okay. So you're allowed to get a bit mad about things that don't change games. Um, but also, if you put a red card with, what was that, like five or six minutes left to go? Does that change? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe something happens, but you'll never know because they chickened out. All right. They had a chance to affect the game. And they're like, oh, well, it's the second game of the season. We don't want to like suspend somebody. With it. Well, then tell them not to stick his foot up. You know, overall, I thought the game was like fairly well officiated. I didn't think there was anything horrible, although they missed some corner kicks and some just some easy calls they miss. It always scares me whenever referees miss the easy calls. And it's not like, oh, there was a deflection. They couldn't see like everybody. All the players are walking in the direction of where it's going. Everybody already knows what the call is and the referees are throwing it the other way. So um, I think that Ford lost credibility in that basically the last like 20 minutes of that game by not being able to uh, correctly, you know, adjudicate that because you can't do that. That's dangerous. Um, I actually did have my referees license at one point. Yes, Logan. Thank you. Um, it's 
yeah, and listen, I'm not one of these that say that MLS referees are the worst in the world. I actually, I do watch some. I know I tell you I don't watch other games, but I do watch other games. There's, there's horrible referees in every league, right? And you're going to get it. And sometimes the moment is just too big. You would think that being in Frisco, Texas is not one of those moments, but hey, you know, it absolutely can. Um, so we're going to see sort of how this uh, plays out for the Galaxy now. They're down one, right? So you're already like, okay, well, that's not great. Uh, by the way, last time the LA Galaxy lost an opener was 2017. Does that mean that I think the LA Galaxy are going to have a same season as 2017? No, that's not. That's not. I was gonna. I was going to leave you hanging there and say, oh yeah, it's another wooden spoon year. I don't have any room in this room for a wooden spoon. I'm not keeping it this time. Things like a Horcrux anyway. Makes me all angry just looking at it. It is dilapidated, though. I can say, though, like whenever I'm on my deathbed, I think I will talk about how I got to spend a whole year with a wooden spoon once. Um, so, yeah, it was it just just but this isn't a wooden spoon year. I don't care what you say. Um, some interesting things now sort of popping up for the L.A. Galaxy. Um, oh, I did want to sort of show the player ratings in the font mob. So the L.A. Galaxy's best player was Gaston Brugman, 7.9. You can Put that with a grain of salt. Uh, Ricky Pouge, 7.2. Delgado, 7.4. Hey, big surprise. The LA Galaxy's three midfielders, one of the best midfielders in Major League Soccer, uh, had the highest rankings and scores in there. Uh, Jovalich had seven. That was based almost entirely off of one goal because um, I thought he was actually pretty missing. He was uh, he was not there. Uh, and I know Vanny wasn't happy with his performance either. And they need to get him more ball and they need to do things. But how come Preston Judd showed up and all of a sudden there were balls being played in places that, uh, that Jovalich wasn't? So... Uh, Preston Judd really, again, Preston Judd, it really impressed me. Um, really impressed me. Um, let's see the whole deal there. Kazars, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, Lex, $5 super chat thoughts on MLS 360. I love MLS 360. Uh, I know Lex is going to crap on it here for a second. Commercials, mid programming replays of finished games during live games, in-studio shots and cringe banter during live games. I actually like it. Um, here's the thing. If I'm watching MLS 360, I am not there to watch intently the seven games that are going on at the same time. I can't. This get that gives me the best chance at seeing the game sort of almost when they're happening. Right? I'll tell you this though. MLS 360 goes out the window whenever your team is playing. Like whenever I'm watching a team, I have to watch the LA Galaxy. I'm not going to be watching MLS 360 that's also showing all the other ones. Right? So it only works I think when your team isn't playing at the time. Um, otherwise you're 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 sort of, you know, locked into that. I don't have a problem with commercials. I don't I don't know why I don't. Normally, I would tell you I have a problem with commercials. I watched it the first weekend. and was like, I do not care that there are commercials. I'm on my phone looking at things anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of one of the things. Uh, let's see. Uh, the whole deal. Oh, uh, Shannon, uh, $2 Super Chat. How are refs evaluated and disciplined in MLS? So there's a referee evaluator at every game. A lot of times we see them up in the press box. Um, and they don't sit with us in the press box, which is good because I'm sure I'd be asked to leave. Um, I, I do not take kindly to referees and it, it probably comes from the fact my dad was a referee when I was growing up. So you can already understand how, how crazy, um, I get with referees and stuff like that. So, um, with there's referee evaluator, they go through and they sort of mark down plays. I, I believe this is the case. And then they go through and they talk to the officiating crew afterwards and say, this is what I saw. This is what I think, blah, blah. blah and they turn that stuff in. So there is an evaluation. Um, they are disciplined that, you know, things are looked at when they're missed. Um, they get additional training, you know, in extreme cases, they get removed from their next games, that type of thing. Right. Um, so I thought it was, I, you know, that's, that's sort of the way that they go about, uh, referees and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was really, really, uh, just a, a, a poor game, poor second half more than anything. And I would say just add that first goal that Dallas scored to the second half and just call it a poor second half. Um, cause galaxy should have been in the locker rooms. Uh, one, nothing, uh, Andrew says $5 super chat over under five goals for Judd this year. Over, over Judd is going to score 10. He's going to have 10 goals across all comps, 10 goals. Um, yeah, Logan. So yeah, let's see. I am a pool reporter, um, for Los Angeles. So the city of Los Angeles, I'm a pool reporter, or at least I was, I imagine I still am. Um, I'm a pool reporter. I can't ask referees questions. They're just it's difficult, more difficult to do whenever it's an away game. And so a lot of times you have to leave that to the people who are in Dallas. And usually I try to find a reporter who's in Dallas to pair with in order to do that. Um, and we didn't do that for this particular case. So I did not ask. Um, 
so no, no pool reporter question for me. There you go. And by the way, in a three, one game where I don't think that the outcome is sort of affected by the, the thing I would probably wouldn't ask a pool reporter question. Um, so, but it's, it's a good criticism of me. I am a pool reporter. I can't, I just, I sort of know one is we all know the answers we're going to get. And two, that usually doesn't stop me by the way. And two is I didn't think that one affected the game. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to right. Um, but it's a good question. You guys ask me if it happens in LA, I, I am a, I am a pool reporter. I, I usually ask, I'm usually the guy. So I try. All right. Um, people talking about Apple TV. I watched it when I got home and they had the score on it. So it ruined it. You can turn that off. Yes, you can. It's out there. You can do it. Now there's another flaw in Apple TV, which is that whenever you're trying to get to the game, even if you have scores turned off, you usually have to scroll by like the highlights and the highlights will tell you the score, which is fun. So, uh, so anyway, so that's something to watch, but yes, you can turn scores off. There is a tutorial out there somehow. Don't ask me how to do it. And I'm not sure it hundred percent works. So, uh, that's something to keep in mind. Um, okay. Let's talk about what the LA galaxy are trying to do. There's been a rumor. It's been surfacing. We've been talking about a left back, right? But basically, uh, they're talking about this, uh, Lanus left back, Okay, his name is Julian. Uh, I think uh, Ayude. Ayude. Am I saying that wrong? It probably. It's probably. I probably am. It's absolutely. So they. There. Here's the thing we have to remember, and we sort of have to go back to last week whenever we saw a left back rumor uh, from Brazil, right? And they were sort of like, "Hey, the Galaxy are trying to get this guy," but he said no, he didn't want to come. The whole deal. And it's like, oh, so the Galaxy are going after a left back now. Well, now this is the second one, and now we go from Brazil to Argentina. Uh, as somebody pointed out, that's not a bad bounce whenever you get one from Brazil and one from Argentina. Now, this is a 19-year-old player. Um, and why does age matter, you ask? I will tell you. Um, because it very much seems that this 19-year-old attacking left back, so you're looking at somebody who's a little more forward uh, in the in the Raheem Edwards vein, right? But is probably a better defender. I've watched some video on him. He is a left-sided left back. Uh, he likes to get up. He can get into the attack. He is good with his feet. He's quick. Uh, they have seen him play on the U20 international level, right? So uh, for the Argentine, for the Argentine uh, U20s. And it looks like and possibly he is a possible or potential national team player as well. Not a bad shout, but why and how could the LA Galaxy get another U22 player? They already have three, right? We know that Dayan Jovalich is one. We know that Efrain Alvarez is one. We know that Lucas Caligari is one, right? We talked about all this. Okay, now let's go back and play some roster fun. All right, this is good. Greg Vanny specifically mentioned now a couple times how he, the LA Galaxy have the ability to convert one of their U22s to TAM. It's more than likely Efrain Alvarez. Before you throw something at this camera, before you throw something in my general direction, stop, take a deep breath and relax. Efrain Alvarez already makes a ton of money. Okay, I think six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Maybe basis six hundred and, and the the guaranteed is seven hundred thousand. I didn't have my chart with me. I normally do. Um, he already makes that money. That's how much he's getting paid. Now his cap hit is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So he's getting paid all this money, but the cap hit is one hundred and fifty. That's where the U twenty two comes into play in this particular case. It's like, hey, this is a good deal, and this is why U twenty two makes a lot of sense for him. But what does Efrain Alvarez not have? that Lucas Caligari has and Dayan Jovalich have. Those both those guys both have transfer fees. If you were to convert somebody to TAM, you have to take their salary and the transfer fee and average it over the entire contract, and that's how you come up with your TAM amount. So it could be a much higher TAM amount. Efrain Alvarez doesn't have that. So you're looking at basically a cap hit of $600,000. We talked about Ricky Pouge and $1.6 at that max TAM spot. So if you look at that max TAM spot, say $1.6 million, and then you say that Efrain Alvarez is, let's just say it's half of that at $800,000. That's not, by the way. It's about between six dollars and $700,000. Okay? But he, remember, he's already getting paid this money. So you can don't whine about it. He's not getting a raise. He's already getting paid this. So you put him on $700,000 in that TAM spot. You now have you know $900,000 of TAM left over if we're doing like for like, and there's more impacts than that, but we're trying to keep the math simple. Okay, so Alvarez goes over. He can become a TAM player. You still have $900,000 to go out and get a winger, which, hey, anybody want to remember what Sam Grand made? Oh, I remember $900,000. All 
Okay, so you could get a a Sam Grandshire level, not saying same player because I would have liked to seen more for more from Sam for that 900. But you could get a $900,000 winger in there as well. That's still a TAM player. And you open up a U22 spot that you're able to go out and spend a lot of money. Remember, your players have to make less than the max budget if you're a U22 player. So their salary has to be less than the 651,215 or something like that. Um, it has to be less than that, but you get unlimited acquisition fees. So that means the galaxy can pay three or $4 million uh, to Lanus um, in order to, to bring him in. Okay. That's where this comes in. That's where the roster flexibility comes in. Okay. Vanny talked about it. It's not, listen, it's not like it's a super big deal that Ricky Pouge comes up there and sort of does this thing, but it does allow the flexibility and Greg is tipping it. All right. So this rumor, very real. All right. I wouldn't be surprised. And it seems like it's headed in the direction of being done. Okay. I don't have that from sources. I can sort of watch and I can tell. All right. But I'm just, I want you to know that. All right. So it seems likely that you're looking at a left back. Um, who's going to be coming in, who's 19 years old, who has, you know, Argentina and Italy as a citizenship. He's that left back guy you want to see. Go watch some highlights of him. Make yourself feel good about it. Um, you know, he pulls up the landing gear on a pro- on occasion. He likes to play with the ball a little bit, probably too much. He will cut inside and get dispossessed. It's a problem. Raheem Edwards does the same thing. Um, but I think you're going to get a higher level of player than with Edwards. That's at least the that's obviously the the hope, right? You're going to get a better defender, at least in, in, in some of the videos you watch. You can see that he has good positioning. He has speed. He's 19. He can run all day, right? And you're going to have Lucas Caligari on the other side. Here could be your potential back line. Are you ready? Buckle up for this. You got to have Lucas Caligari, a U22 player playing on that right-hand side. You could have Martin Caceres, right? A guy who has played um, at the international level um, in the World Cup, okay? You could have Jalen Neal. Uh, a young up-and-coming center back that is absolutely poised to make waves uh, potentially already on the youth national team and possibly on the senior national team as well. So Jalen Neal. Then you could have uh, somebody like uh, Julian Ayude, all right, on that left-hand side. The youth that is being served on that defense has problems, and certainly you're going to want to be careful with that. But the ability to game and the ability to play and fight in in day in, day out, stay healthy day in, day out with the younger bodies is a plus. You could be developing a, a serious back line that sticks around for the next three or four years. You want to know how you build a, a winner in Major League Soccer? It's you have to find a good defender somewhere, right? And for so long... Listen, this MLS salary rules don't really let you find good defenders. When you do get them, you can't afford to keep them, right? Uh, go back to the LA Galaxy's winning time. And, you know, as much as I certainly throw shade at Omar Gonzalez, um, I will never say that Omar Gonzalez and AJ De La Garza and Sean Franklin and Robbie Rogers and Todd Donovan um, weren't some of the best defenders in the league at their times. They were. Ashley Cole, by the way. Ashley Cole is still one of the best left-backs ever. I just wanted to throw him in there. I don't even think he was really part of my discussion and argument. Right. 1936, 19 and 22. Hey, Sue's got it. Hey, Sue's got it. That's exactly what it is. 1936, 19, 22. You could throw Sega in there, right? Get a little younger instead of 36. But Costas can still play. All right. He's getting older and he may not be able to play all the time, but that could be your starting. 1936, 19 and 22. Okay. So and uh, commercial underground asked why Chase Gasper wasn't in 18. We didn't get a chance to ask. Uh, yeah. And, and Andrew, by the way, calls it out correctly. He says in the last five years, the galaxy has spent so much bad money on bad defenders. They have, they have. So, I mean, I'm almost like at this point, you're like, yeah, go for it. Just, you know, throw those dice out. Crap shoot. Go for it. See if it works because it feels like, and we've talked about this. I think a lot we've the, the net and how far the galaxy cast the net out. It feels like they've been very targeted in their pursuits this off season. I think you have to credit Michael Stevens to that. And I know people don't want to. And I think people are also going to say he, that nothing's happened yet. And I agree with that, but look at sort of the links and look at the places that we've sort of been taken through this off season and into now the start of the season. <coughs> and if Michael Stevens is the director of scouting, 
I think you have to give him credit for at least unearthing the correct rocks. Listen, again, we've talked about it many times. You're not going to hit on all of them. The Galaxy don't really have a choice. They kind of have to if they're going to be competitive. If they hit, I can see this Galaxy being an MLS Cup contending team, which just sounds ridiculous after getting like the doors blown off at Dallas. But um, I don't think they're that many pieces away. And I know the I know that, that lineup is changing too. Um, somebody asking is Logan asking if Shelvick's still on the roster. No, not anymore. Um, so, I mean, you know, youth has served this year. I think that you should, you should get them in early and often. I think Preston Judd gets in there. I think Jalen Neal gets in there. You know, you're going to have Caligari who I imagine is the starting right back. Um, Ayude, if he comes in, Julian Ayude, if he comes in, I expect he's the starting left back. Youth has served. Let them go out there, run and play and teach, you know? I believe Greg Vanny is actually a very good teacher whenever it comes to his tactics and what he wants to see. I also think that sometimes that can get in the way, right? This He stepped it up this year, I can tell you that already. It is not going to be the same basics, this is how we do things. That's not where they started. They started in a much more advanced position. It doesn't mean that they're going to be good, but it does mean that they sort of advanced past those things a couple times. So, um, I'm, I'm waiting to see. When you see, and so Alex, Alex says the youth 27 part two, you know, part two. Uh, there's no more French guys on the team really um, outside of Sega. So there's no more do. Um, yeah, no, but totally different, right? <clears throat> Herb, by the way, uh, gave us $9.80. Uh, Sugar Daddy Herb says, hey, Josh, kind of upset. Just found out Hot Wheels are no longer 99 cents. Was good while it lasted. Viewers, listeners, please hit the like button. Thank you, Herb. Appreciate it. What are they like a buck 29 at Target now? Is that it? Says the guy who literally has to go buy one every time he goes to Target. And if Jake finds out that I, that his mom went to Target tonight, and that's why I was solo parenting for a little while, uh, he's going to ask her where, where in God's name his Hot Wheels car is. Um, although he's big in the toy story right now, just letting you know. Uh, yeah. Arizona iced tea is still 99 cents. Funny enough, uh, train club reference over the weekend. We were talking about how, like I said, do should probably go up once every 30 years, whether you need it or not. And there, and somebody brought up the Arizona iced tea always, always Arizona iced tea, still 99 cents. Uh, very good. So those are the rumors that we have out there. I expect that, you know, right now I don't see any impediments. It seems like it's all moving towards that direction. The LA Galaxy could. There is media availability with Greg Vanny on Wednesday. I think the Galaxy are flying out on Thursday again. So they'll go Thursday morning training, Thursday afternoon flight out, Friday, and then a game on Saturday. LA Galaxy at Sporting Kansas City coming up 5.30 p.m. March 11th, Children's Mercy Park there in, uh, in Kansas City on MLS season pass. So you can watch that. We're trying, I'm trying to figure out how to exactly find out when kickoff times are. Cause obviously you can tell they kick off just a little bit later, right? Like it's a little bit later, 535, 536, 537, that type of thing. Um, sort of the same lead ins. I think we're used to, um, but that's what you can watch there. LA galaxy coming up and then finally back home, uh, for the LA galaxy after that. So, um, I would really love to see when the last time the LA galaxy, uh, opened on the road for two games before coming home. Usually that doesn't happen. So we're going to be well into the season. It feels like before the, you finally get to see the LA galaxy at dignity hill sports park but that's coming up as well um buzz lightyear has hot wheels buzz lightyear you know buzz buzz lightyear is is pretty good toy story 5 is coming out i didn't know that i didn't know. he's he's a heavy into toy story like you couldn't pull it away from on my ipad today it's kind of scary um yeah that's where we're at I don't want to like belabor this show and tell you there's more to talk about than there is there isn't it's relatively quiet we're expecting left back rumor to come in still though you should be asking a question. Where's that winger rumor? You know, we haven't seen the rumors and we, we sort of only see the rumors that pop up when they, when they happen or they fall through and we haven't seen the rumors of that winger. And that's what the galaxy need more than anything. Um, although I like the left back plugin. I like Raheem Edwards. I always have. I liked him last year. I thought he picked and choose his time to go forward. He wasn't perfect. They needed to cover for him. Uh, Sam finally figured out, I think, how to cover for him in the last probably four or five, six games um, that come in. And there was an understanding there. And now you're asking it to happen again between Memo and Raheem. And instead, those two seem like they're making you know similar runs and everything's going the same direction. That's not going to work. And so either they need to change how Raheem Edwards does things or they need to bring in somebody else who can play that position better. And I think that that's what they're looking for with uh, Julian Aude. Um, 19 years old. That does mean that Raheem Edwards could absolutely play himself into a wingback position. Um, Raheem Edwards is a wingback, right? I mean, that's really his position. You can put him at left mid. He's a better winger than you really you have. And maybe that's the answer Greg Vanny's going for is we're going to move Raheem Edwards up into the winger position. 
and we're going to get this left back. And Chase Gasper will back up the left back, although I don't know what's up with Chase Gasper. We're still trying to figure it out. Um, so that's that's where I wanted to set you. That's where I want to leave you. Uh, we'll have a live show coming up on Thursday. Uh, again, Sophie's scheduled to be on that one, so it'll be me and Sophie getting you ready for Sporting Kansas City and LA Galaxy. Uh, second game of the season, match day three, uh, if you're paying attention to it. Um, so we'll have that, and we'll have a lot more news and information and anything else we can sort of gather or glean. Um, but yeah, I don't want you to um, to to take this as anything more than than expected. Um, what I thought that the score was a little closer. I remember I said two two. I'm not surprised it was three one. I could be so I'm off a goal that goes one way or the other, right? So you know I said four goals and there were four goals. Um, I'll keep trying to use that one to make myself sound smart. I'm not surprised. I think, I think that you need to see, um, you know, some changes, and I think you're going to see changes. So don't, don't get frustrated. It's fine. Deep breath. Everybody's okay. Game one. They all matter. Um, that just these first ones matter less to the LA Galaxy. They've told you that because um, they didn't have a roster that was 100% ready to go. So, uh, you know, game 34 is more important than game one, and that's what they're going to go out and then go after. This team should be hitting its stride come the, come the middle of the season. And Greg Vanny, by the way, has pointed out that they may save themselves some money to go after things in the summertime within the league. So keep that as well. All right. All right. Uh, Gary, $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate that. Uh, Daniel, is Mutatu going to play for the Galaxy in this decade? No idea. Um, but we are expecting something here in the next few weeks, wherever that is, however that goes. All right. All right. Uh, I certainly appreciate you guys hanging in there with me for another solo show. Um, <clears throat> we'll have a show coming up on Thursday with Sophie. We'll get you ready for Sporting Kansas City. All that fun stuff is on deck. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at with J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, at kbaxter11 and latimes.com for all the soccer writing, should have Kevin back on next Monday. All right. I think that we are done here. I think we have covered the gamut of the game the galaxy losing 3-1 we've sort of set you up and teed you up for what could be possibly happening for the rest of the week and then the la galaxy will play sporting kansas city coming up on saturday buckle up season started here we go for uh kevin the panda baxter who's not here i'm josh patrick Esman. you've been listening to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.